0: Uh, welcome to another episode of Night no Investment Advice. We're going to kick it off straight away this week with Meme of the Week. Boys, this one... one of, who shared this? Was this Jack? Jack was shared it this Jack? in my group chat? Yeah, yeah, Oh my God, bro. This was fucking killing me, bro. So it <laughs> says, your CPA trying to look for the shitcoin transactions. And if you can see on the screen, it's literally fucking piles and piles of paper.
1: It's an old... It's an old white dude, bald white dude, reading through literally <laughs> thousands of documents. And... The guy actually looks like Charlie Munger, which was my initial reaction. He looks, it's from Bill Spackman,
0: who, who's got some jokes. He looks like a little bit of an eight. It's like not even older. He might even be younger, but just not as in shape.
1: Yeah, it's, and, a, it's, uh, a, it's a younger Charlie. Well, you know the, I mean, you know the joke is buff and a munger. They just read all day. That's like the whole shtick with them, right? He's reading, all day reading transactions
0: right there, bro. Right. <laughs> and then this guy
1: looks like has 12 hours worth of content to read. So it's like very on point. I, I, man, that was so good. But Jack. You have been doing with this. Tell us about your tax lawyers and accountants looking at all your transactions while you're trying to buy a house.
2: Well, the, the, um, mortgage application process <laughs> with the, with 75% of your income in crypto is quite interesting. <laughs> so just when just you get that out, bro. when you first start talking to like mortgage brokers, they're like, Oh yeah, man, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Yeah. Uh, just give us a rough number. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, no worries. And then you're two days away from closing on a house. And they're like, oh, sorry. No, we can't accept any of that. Uh, any of the crypto assets. As, uh... Ridiculous. <laughs> like, what? You... But, but you qualified us based on that. It's like, no, no, no. You have to like, turn that into cash now to... and have it in an account with a, you know, a letterhead with a, a official-looking logo up the top. <laughs> exactly. This doesn't and... sound
0: that crazy, to be fair. It sounds no. so reasonable. It sounds...
2: No, b- <laughs> but the, 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 the stage in the process yeah, yeah, yeah. in which they ask for it, where it's like, everything's in shape. Yep. It's all approved. Great. And then it's like, oh, actually you need $380 more in this account for this to go through. And even sending a wire transfer now is like, man, what's going on? I have to call two banks. I sent one yesterday. It has, it's just like in the ether somewhere just nowhere it's like the, the bank i sent it from doesn't know where it is the bank that's receiving it doesn't know where it is and then the mortgage broker's like oh there's what even a yeah i guess a mortgage broker's like ha, we need to get this to the underwriter where is it it's like i don't know we'll or just show cloud, up at mate. some in indeterminate cloud. time in the future if it was no, on the, in, the chain if it was, on if the it chain, was a little chain scan it, i could just yeah. speed up the gas
0: man it'll you'd, be there you'd be 45 five seconds right now but, Exactly. Uh, yeah, all those old transactions, they literally take like five days because they're like... Oh my God, it's the it processed works. ...in some old...
1: Hey, hey, hold up here. Guns. Let's not just be total, like, again... Oh, we're just ...biased chatting. here. It's like, there's a reason those are in place too, right? It's like, you don't want people wiring around $30 million
2: well, like, unaccounted you know, th- for. I think there's a reason they're in place, but there's also, like, a reason why it takes so long is because, like, this is, like... What infrastructure from the 1960s or yeah, 70s something, yeah. or something ludicrous, where it's like there's definitely a valid argument, like okay, we can reverse this transaction if it was fraudulent because we're dealing with two institutions, versus this takes five days because our systems are like complete shit, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You've been through it. So what you're saying
2: is,
1: it in it, your eyes. yeah, Jacks, <laughs> he's holding back. He he wants us to close before this episode goes live.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean all things hopefully touch wood man um by that time that's not wood the new by that uh, time yeah 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 it should be studio you'll be in there well well, this will be the last recording in this uh in this setting if if you need
1: 383 dollars i'll venmo you bro
2: (laughs) you know what i might it might come to it i might need the instant venmo man
0: before the work end of the working day jesus all right boys let's let people know what we're talking about today it's a packed agenda so we got joe rogan controversy joe rogan spotify been all over the news that was more like last week but there's been more stuff that's come out in the last few days so we're going to talk a little bit about that uh we're going to tell you who the only winner of the spotify joe rogan fiasco has been so stay tuned for that part we also got Coachella has, has dropped, or they're gonna be dropping NFTs on the Solana ecosystem, in the Solana ecosystem, partnering with FTX. So we're gonna tell you all about that. And we're gonna do a roundup of what's going on in the Web3 world from India, uh, from India's evolving stance on crypto, their central bank digital currency, um, and then a few other big stories in that world. And we're gonna round out, and Trung's gonna tell us a little bit about ARC's big ideas 2022 and uh, some of the highlights from that report. So let's just kick it off, boys. I know, Trung, you've been all over the Joe Rogan situation, and we've been talking about it in the DMs, but what's the high level with Joe Rogan? What's what's been pissing people off?
1: All right, so last week, everybody's seen this at this point, but we'll rehash it quickly, is uh, Joe Rogan has had two guests in particular around COVID. They're both doctors. And one of them was the inventor of the mRNA uh, vaccine or contributed to the invention of it, or the mRNA technology. But over the course of these two conversations, there's what some people believe to be COVID misinformation. Uh, Neil Young, legendary rock artist from the 60s, said that he, he gave Spotify an ultimatum. You take Joe Rogan and his misinformation off of Spotify or I will remove my catalog. From Spotify, I mean, we saw this right when it happened. Search swapping messages like, "I don't think Neil Young's going to win this battle."
0: <laughs> I mean, they definitely like, didn't put bro, 100 million into Neil Young. You know I mean? exactly,
1: so, right? So, Spotify spent 100 million to buy the Joe Rogan podcast. By all accounts, the most popular podcast in the world. He's one of the most influential media voices in the world.
0: And beyond, right? Beyond podcast, like maybe the biggest show in the world, like including TV channels right. and like stuff full like eyeballs, right? Yeah, completely.
1: So. This isn't the first Rogan controversy Spotify either. There was uh, some transgender comments that were made by a guest, like I think a year ago, and the employees of Spotify tried to get Rogan deplatform. He survived that. So like Spotify is in obviously a sticky situation, right? They, they paid all this money, like you said, below 100 mil for this talent to bring eyeballs to their platform. And I mean, at the end of the day, before we get into how the Joe Rogan situation resolved, it's like, let's talk about why Spotify is doing this, right? So, Spotify's business model is or started out just streaming songs. But the problem with streaming songs is that you pay out 70% of revenue to the, uh, as royalties to the artist, right? And that means I'll show you guys this chart actually, if I can get a quick screen share here. This is a pretty wild chart. Um, it shows the gross margin numbers for Spotify over the last five years. Can you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, for the listeners, there's a, just a chart here that shows Netflix versus Spotify in terms of gross margins. So in 2013, Spotify's uh, a gross margin, which is after they paid out the artist was 17%. And they've improved it to today to uh, 25%. This is 2018, but it's still the same now. The problem is that they're capped at that because they're still paying 70% royalties to the artist. But Netflix from 2013 to 2018 and even beyond their gross margin. So taking out the cost of creating their, of running their business is before operating uh, expenses is 40%. And that's because they went in and made their own content. You guys remember the house of cards, 2011, 2012. So basically Spotify is trying to do the exact same thing. They can't pay out all these royalties anymore to all the artists because they'll just tap how much money they can make. Like they could scale to 7 billion subscribers but their profitability won't change because they'll keep spending 70% of the in royalty to artists, right? But Netflix, you make a huge upfront uh, investment in original content. We've also seen so much of the shows in, in recent years like Narcos and uh, Tiger King, but they don't have to pay the studios now to license all their content, which is what they're doing. So Spotify is doing the same play, which brings us back to Joe Rogan, brings us back to why they spent $200 million on The Ringer podcast network, Bill Simmons, 200 million on Gimlet Media, um, 60 million on Alex Cooper and Caller Daddy. So Spotify is protecting that investment and they keep on backing, not necessarily backing Joe Rogan, but uh, Bilal, you alluded to. They are supporting him in this battle and playing the side of, you know, we're going to allow free speech. So the resolution was this. Over the weekend, Neil Young yanked his catalog. Literally no one cried. Uh, Joni Mitchell, another 60s artist, did the exact same thing. And the guitarist for Bruce Springsteen pulled his catalog. I had to Google the dude. I literally had no idea who the guitarist for Bruce Springsteen was. But having said that, if Drake, for example, threatened to remove his catalog, that's a different battle, right? That's where it might get interesting. But as of today, the resolution is this. Spotify will now put content advisories on podcasts or content that might have controversial COVID information and put you in the right direction in terms of links. And Joe Rogan, uh, Bilal, you sent the Instagram uh, you guys, I'd love to chat with you guys what you thought yeah. about it. But, you know, I thought it was great. He, he just talked for eight video, minutes. Right? Yeah, yeah, eight minutes on Instagram, just explained his position. He apologized to Spotify. Uh, he says he's fans of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, and he's very, he thought it was really unfortunate. He yeah, had a hilarious
0: story about him. Yeah. Being, a, uh, <laughs> he was like a security guard or something. At uh, a Neil at Young concert. Fact. Yeah. yeah and cool.
1: then the last the last thing he said before I hand it off to you guys, I love your take on Rogan's uh, video, was uh, he basically said, what I will try to do moving forward, because I understand where the anger is coming from, is if I bring on somebody that's quote unquote controversial, I'm happy to bring on within close proximity, within days, somebody that somebody deems to be an expert by the mainstream media. So that sounds completely fair to me, man.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the way he, that video was maybe the most reasonable kind of like video you could have seen in a response to this. Dude, it was
1: so reasonable. It was like yeah, I was- so
0: like. I was quite impressed. I mean, I know he's like a stand-up comedian where they, you know, they practice stuff for thousands of times before doing stuff like that. And he is obviously like very eloquent because he speaks for four hours a day on a podcast. (laughs) But um, yeah, my take on it was, I I think like anything, everything becomes black and white in the press, right? You get like one side, pick your side, sort of narrative and. Like, I got messages from people because they know that I'm like, fa- or like friends of mine or f- even family being like, Hey, are you following this Joe Rogan thing? And I'm like, by now, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even following properly because it's just, you kind of know how it's going to play out. Yeah. And, um, and then I, so I haven't actually listened to those two episodes that were semi controversial, but I did, I did, I've listened to him enough to kind of know that he doesn't get everything right, which he says himself. And you know, we do this podcast an hour or two a week, right? He's doing it for like 20 hours. And like even from my Creator Lab stuff, I just know like you finish the podcast and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I wish I said this thing a different way, but it's all recorded, it's pretty much no editing, right? So I I know that that happens a lot with him and he brings on all sorts of people. So he brings on people from the right. He brings people from the left. He brings, you know, these uh, I don't know if you can even call them anti-vax people, but like people who are questioning like the straight up mainstream narrative of like every single person in the world needs to get this today. And if you don't, you're like an evil person. Um, and this is, you know, I'm triple vaxxed, right? Like I agree with this whole (laughs) position, but I think there's (laughs) more nuance here, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Hey (laughs) guys, I'm very vaxxed. I'm boosted. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so I I think it was pretty reasonable response. I also think, um, yeah, bringing on people that have an opposing view is probably a smart thing to do. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. What about you, Jack? Did you, did you follow this much? Not, not mega closely. I watched
2: like just basically see the topics circulating through the trending tab as you can pretty much infer from that what's what's happening and then i did watch the response video which did seem like maybe there was some negotiation between him and spotify as right. to like what is said in that eight minute video but yeah i like the larger conversation or the the idea of what would happen if if rogan did get kicked off of spotify it's like that's not going to get you the result you want either. If you're opposing the information that's being shared, it's like too big to fail from a narrative perspective where all you can really expect of him, I think, is him saying like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not claiming to be CNN or Reuters or whoever else. And there's plenty of things that have enormous platforms and an enormous reach that don't, I don't know, maybe aren't held to the same standard. And I think he is reasonably honest in saying like, Hey, I'm not a, I'm not qualified in X, Y, or Z. I'm just going to ask questions. The bigger question is like the, like the response to it. It's almost like layers into that conversation we were having last week about the earned media Trump stuff. It's like, if something happens in response to something that is considered extreme by some people, then I mean, Actually, maybe not like Trump wasn't able to start his own platform, was he? And he's arguably a bigger presence than Rogan. So maybe he would have been toast if Spotify kicked him off. Um, I, I don't have like a really sophisticated opinion of it. It's just, you know, it's just going to keep happening. It feels like that. But, uh, but the, I generally disagree with the idea that like, hey, somebody said something I disagree with. Let's like remove their ability to communicate totally. forever. It's not really a, a, a sensible precedent or a sensible road to go well, down, it feels yeah. like. I think
1: Bilal said something that kind of nails uh, your point here, Jack. He's like, Bilal knew how this was going to play out, right? Like, you saw the first seeds of it. You're like, okay, the mainstream media, you know exactly what they're going to say. Uh, COVID misinformation from Joe Rogan, like, again, right? And then the other side is going to be like, oh, they're trying to, another big tech platform's trying to censor a voice. But like, you know exactly how this thing's aligning. And so I'll bring up two points about that. Uh, the first point is, like, we you saw how this is going to play out, and I also disagree with the fact that, oh, you're going to uh, de-platform Rogan. I actually agree with your initial sentiment, Jacks. like, if they de him and actually just went back to YouTube, I mean, his reach is going to be way bigger. Like, because he's actually walled into Spotify right now. Not to say his reach is significantly less, but it has been diminished by, I mean, I just some of this well, Google search so, trends.
0: Actually, just, I heard him speak about it. So, apparently, his... Audience went down, understandably, when he went to Spotify, and then since then he said it's actually grown even oh, bigger has. than before. Which, which, if you think about like the amount of promotion they feature him, you know, throughout right. the app to hundreds of millions of people and uh i actually have uh, but while you keep finishing what you're saying i've actually got some of the numbers here i'll share the screen in a second
1: no i think that's great you brought that up because it goes back to spotify's business model actually and like where they are like obviously this podcasting thing again just because they're owning the content will just be way better than you know shelling out 70 percent to uh advertise uh, to, to, to artists right and like they it's not just the content they're buying they're buying the entire stack Like they bought megaphone which is like a basically advertising network for audio they bought anchor which i don't know if you've ever used it Bilal, but it's like the easy to <laughs> it's kind of like hosting maker. yeah they yeah. Made it, like
0: so like, like, like they, wordpress square like just the video. margins
1: right it's just so much better in podcasts they just bought a company called i think called find a for audiobooks like they know that this that they want to own all of audio songs is what got them in the game, but it's not a sustainable business model, or it's not one that you can scale to a hundred billion, $200 billion company. They look at Netflix. They saw what Netflix did. We need to own our own content. So that's what they're doing. And to your point, a uh, blow about Joe Rogan's audience is bigger. I, I wouldn't be shocked because at the end of the day, like look at Spotify's numbers, right? They have 400 million users and they're just dumping your face. They're dumping his face. <laughs> you open the app. He has his own section. Yeah. It's like, Oh, yeah. hip hop, R&B, classical music, Joe Rogan
0: yeah it's his own category um I, I will pull up the screen share right now so i was just going to share this i don't know if this is verified i go Goog- i tried finding like you <laughs> know this form? is the, this is the all vibes no facts <laughs> section of the show so could you guys see that q3 mm-hmm. 2021 media ring nielsen the closest- yeah so nielsen, do, yeah. yeah nielsen and spotify but sh- chief nerd is the person so I don't no. know if they've just written Nielsen but I just what's li- your source about right yeah exactly but so nah, for people crazy. who are only listening on the podcast you can see Joe Rogan experience per show which so I assume that means per episode in this case 11 million people listening versus Tucker Carlson which is basically the biggest show on uh, news I think Cable, right? yeah. yeah 3.24 Hannah E 3 million Fox 2.3 and you could keep going all the way down msnbc cnn is not even up to a million it's like that's a joke, dude. that
2: is crazy man 820,000 people watch that's like primetime news
0: yeah i mean that's we, nuts. Have, we have yeah we know people on the internet that aren't super famous that get more of an audience per episode on their you know, YouTube channel or whatever. Crazy. That just puts it in perspective because I think a lot of people think of TV as like, oh, there's billions of people and there must be a billion people watching CNN and it's nowhere near that amount. Uh, The other thing I was going to call out, and this is not to pick on uh, Bloomberg in particular, but I, there was was a screenshot that I took. I saw a lot of press kind of use this headline, and it was saying the audio streaming service saw four billion dollars wiped off oh its market. Dumbest cap. headline, dumbest right, headline right. ever. <laughs> and that was kind, of, and it wasn't just them; like lots of people did that, <clears throat> and a lot of people in the comments, like, "Oh my god, Neil Young one or whatever," like he's wiped <laughs> off, not realizing <laughs> they should have listened to our last podcast that explained the whole stock market was down. So a yeah. company that's worth. Yeah, I don't know their market cap, but you know, was it 100 billion? I don't know. Then it was a
1: market. It was a market move. It and was a market the, move.
0: Exactly. It wasn't to do. With, and they're back.
1: They're fully back. I think they're exactly. up 10 or 12 percent. Uh, so we're recording on Tuesday. That was Monday. They're up double digits. They're back to where they were pre this controversy. And the, the, the wait, sorry, I didn't know if you had one more point below. But I just want to add uh, because you guys sent the article. I read it from Dan Runchy from Trapital. We've mentioned him before in the. Podcast, legendary newsletter covers uh, the business of hip hop. But he did a whole piece uh, with the Napkin Math. I think uh, Evan Armstrong is the writer there about Spotify, and they they wrote a lot of this data that uh, we're kind of referencing. Um, great article. We'll add it in the show notes. But he also I don't know if you saw the last part, but this is very appropriate to what we've been discussing. He says that, you know how uh, there's been a lot of commentary too about this whole Rogan thing? It's like, oh, if this was Web3, this would never happen. This would yeah. never happen as Rogan, right? <laughs> and like, there's this kind of this underpinning that, like, I get the sentiment around it. It's like, at the end of the day, Spotify is a centralized authority. They could get rid of Rogan. But as we discussed, Rogan's just going to get, he's going to go back to what he was, right? This dude is, he's not going he's anywhere. A man, yeah, he's a made yeah. man, is Yeah, uh, he's a made man. But uh, Dan Runge spoke about how uh, Web3 would be very beneficial to spotify because all these things that we've talked about like a royal or audience where they're doing like nft of their songs and having people buy in at the end of the day the top of the funnel is going to be spotify spotify is going to have half a billion people pretty soon using the app every artist no matter who you are is going to be incentivized to use spotify uh it's still a kingmaker in the music industry and all these things are complementary. so he's actually predicting that one of these companies will get bought by spotify which makes a lot of sense it's just another tool for artists right
0: mm. yeah completely uh, the only thing i was going to add from before the last thing was talking about that headline across the press i just found it kind of like kind of funny that the whole topic is about misinformation and the title is <laughs> a very misleading you know premise in the first place and so it's not that two wrongs make a right but like all of these Everyone's kind of doing the same thing, right? And it's kind of hypocritical on all sides. That's why I think Rogan has done so well is because even though he doesn't get it 100% right like everyone else, when he does get it wrong, he normally comes out and says, look, I kind of messed up or or, I don't know. And, And as someone who's interviewed a lot of people, one of the things he does really artfully is he calls himself a dummy all the time, if you notice that. Yeah. Like when he does the interviews, he's incredibly smart. Like he doesn't come across it. Like if you just see him on the street, you might, he looks like a meathead dude, but he's, his IQ is like incredibly high. He can follow along in topics in from nutrition to like space uh, alien stuff to like MMA and and everything in between. And um, But I think that kind of like... Like that mindset of like, I don't really know. Like you tell me, you're the expert is why it's so popular in the first place, you know?
1: Well, there, there's actually, uh, so he, I'll, I'll introduce something that kind of is uh, a little critical of Joe Rogan in the sense of the whole, I'm just asking questions, shtick. Mm, there's yeah. a very, there is a big downside to it. And so Sam Harris, uh, Brett Weinstein, Eric Weinstein's brother was big on this ivermectin thing. And uh, so Sam Harris and Brett, I don't know how close they are now, but they were, friends they were very uh, they're all part of this intellectual dark web that may or may not have been a thing, but uh, they had discussed a lot of ideas together. And then this COVID Ivermectin thing happens. Uh, Brett Weinstein goes on to Rogan and does this whole thing. Basically, he's telling people that Ivermectin, they should try it. Ivermectin, uh, maybe some other treatments that were not fully vetted by the medical community. And actually to bring up Rogan's point in his Instagram video is like, well, a lot of things were said throughout the entire pandemic that, that turned changed. out, right. Hey, yeah. lab leak would have got you thrown off a platform year and a yeah. half ago. Hey, guess what? It's in play now. Oh, cloth masks do or don't work. Right. It's like all these things keep changing. So, but the point about Brett Weinstein was uh, Sam Harris was asked by his audience. Why don't you bring Brett Weinstein onto your podcast and discuss this? Cause you have such a visceral negative reaction to it. And his whole point is like, he was basically doing the platforming card. It's like when you, sometimes when you start asking questions, And in real time and in his heart of heart, he believes it's not true. He's like, you, it's a total asymmetric battle because Brett Weinstein goes on, starts spotting all these stats, giving all this information. You can't verify them real time. So now all you've done during this podcast is feed this information that you can't rebut in real time. Right. And Sam Harris has a big enough audience where he's like, I'm not willing to do that. So he's basically transferring that onto Rogan being like, it's so dangerous in, in in this very particular instance of doing that because there's no real-time betting. And it's like the whole thing that I think Winston Churchill says, or you know, the lie gets halfway around the world before the truth puts its pants on, right? It's like, the lie moves so quickly. It's like, you can't even rebut it. So there's that aspect of it,
0: which I think- That's a, gr- that's a great point. I definitely right? think that's very fair. About
1: I- like- about saying just, just uh, sorry, but I just want to add, like specifically to Joe Rogan's point of, I'm just asking questions. This is where just asking questions can be a negative.
0: Yeah, oh, completely. No, that's a beautifully put, man. Um, was there anything else on on that before we move on? I mean, I know it's been this has been meme gold everywhere. We've seen people smashing it on on Twitter and beyond on this topic. But uh, I'm just looking at my notes as well. Anything else, uh, Jack or Trunk?
1: No. No regard.
0: Yeah. The only other thing, the angle, I guess, the the last thing I did want to bring up is kind of like the comedian angle, which is, especially with you, Trung, being like a writer, you've written comedy, like we're all massive fans of comedy as well. Like, where do you think, where do you kind of stand on that debate around, like, it's a similar kind of world, right, of can we talk about XYZ? uh is anything funny can anything be joked about like i'm just curious on your take on that especially given your comedy kind of background as well
1: man i uh i'm very much of the sentiment that you should be able to talk and joke about anything not to justify that and support everything that's said but definitely in the camp where would rather have people have the right to say it than not to say it and uh I mean, I'll just throw it like the, you want to play the whole lived experience. It's not my lived experience. My parents come from communist Vietnam, right? It's like the the stories that they passed down about what happened in the country in the 60s and 70s with a communist regime. Um, dude, the you take away speech is like the first move. Like you take away speech because that's how you influence and persuade people. You take away that, and you take away thought, it leads to everything else, right? It's the first, it's the first domino. And I've always said this, but I have a very hard time stomaching uh people that haven't necessarily been through that. And it, it come from, especially if like from the gilded Northeast, I'm not going to reference anybody specifically, but I think you guys know who and the type of individual I'm talking about that just spouts off and says, Oh yeah, you know, communism isn't so bad. You know, we should be allowed to do X, Y, Z. Look at this example. It's like, just have no idea. They literally have no idea, man. And that shit just, we'll do an episode on it when we're big enough not to get canceled, but uh, <laughs> I got thoughts.
0: Don't want to get demonetized before we monetize, as we've said. But uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Jack, anything else from you, mate? Oh,
2: well, it was, we'll leave it on Trung's profound statement and teaser <laughs> for the next step. Yeah.
0: Down with communism, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, man. Yeah, so I know, Trung, you've been uh, scouring the internet for the best takes on this whole situation. <laughs> so uh, anything else you want to share before I-, I... I know you want to share your screen, so you, you can just go for it.
1: All right, well, what's up? So I was just going to say, I know we tagged it, but uh, Bilal mentioned it. So at the end of the day, there's really no winners here about the Spotify incident. We did, however, find a single winner. The winner of the Spotify Rogan Neil Young controversy is James Blunt, the the British musical artist. So I need to ask you guys, actually. So what you guys are British, okay? this tweet from james blunt it's perfect it's just perfect james blunt writes if spotify doesn't immediately remove remove joe rogan i will release new music on the platform he's obviously playing on the joke that his music is awful. And actually, if you go through all of his Twitter, he engages with people because so many people write texts like, I wonder if James Blunt is still around. Like, what a joke of an artist. So I'm asking you guys, <laughs> I like James Blunt a lot. I love uh, uh, You're Beautiful. I love 1973. Those are bangers. He's British. You guys tell me in the in the early 2004, 2005, when James Blunt's coming up, what's his reputation? I think he's the man. So you guys tell me.
2: Uh, go on, Jack. I don't know. I don't remember can. there being anything like particularly negative about him. Like those are huge tunes, man. There's plenty of people that have come out, made a career off one tune.
0: But here's... Nothing wrong with that. But they, this is what he... In his bio, he literally... No, writes, this is it, right? Oh, this God, is it. Hold on a I got it, brother. God, I'm going. No, I'm to, going Jack, Sorry, go on, go on.
1: Jack nails it. Look at James Blunt's Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, this guy, there you go. James so Blunt writes in his Twitter bio... Talk me rhyming slang for the good stuff proof that one song is
0: all you need so good no well, but bro trying, I again. was gonna say my, my take on it like was I put him in very much like the Daniel Beddingfield kind of group like if you remember him he had like one or two bangers and he was very talented but like I kind of forgot about him but now on Twitter, he's so funny. Like, his, no, no, he. I had so no.
1: Good. I had no idea how funny this guy was. <laughs> so when I say he's the winner of the Spotify incident, it's because I discovered how funny James Blunt was on Twitter. So here, so you guys, uh, so you, where, where did you bucket him, Bilal? Like, what type of artist did you put him with?
0: Like, there's a guy called Daniel Bedingfield who had another okay. like one hit wonder, basically. You gotta yeah, get like, through this. Yeah. So, through this. yeah, exactly. June.
1: So let me actually let me put uh, James Blunt's career in perspective. So before the song "You're Beautiful" came out, I think it's 2005. The last British artist to top number one in the United States was Elton John in 1997. "Gone with the Wind," the Princess Diana song. So, dude, you don't understand. There's an eight-year gap, and James Blunt filled it. And the odds of James Blunt doing it. So he's actually like, there's been a ton since, but like Ed Sheeran's like the most recent one. Last five years, like Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran right? But like obviously the Beatles are British. So you're just like, Oh, I I bet British people are always uh, hitting number one in the States. It wasn't true. So this guy killed like an almost decade long leg of not having a number one song from a Brit. And here's the other beauty thing about it. He was a tank commander. Uh, He he grew up in a military family. I I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm listening. I'm about to list some crazy things about James bump before we go through his best tweets. His, his dad was uh, in the military. He grew up on military bases all around the Mediterranean. He was a tank commander during the uh, Yugoslav war. And this is what's crazy. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you one story that he was involved with, which will set up a later joke. But he was tasked, uh, his unit was tasked with uh, scouting for NATO bombing missions against Serbia. And they were told to take out a airport and, and, and occupy it. But in, in, on the border of North Macedonia and Yugoslavia, or the, the, the country formerly known as Yugoslavia, the Russians had taken over that airport. So he, his commanders, his tank commander said, we will not go take over the airport because we don't want to start world war three with the Russians. And sure enough, what's happening 25 years later, 24 years later, right? It's Russia and off. America are beefing. Yeah. So they're still beefing. Hold on to that thought. I'm coming back to it. All right. <laughs> so now. Let me go through James Blunt's top tweets I that, that I, I Tr-
0: discovered. Can I just call out that Trung has a PDF on the screen for people yes. who are listening that says blunt2.pdf, <laughs> which means there was a blunt one PDF. Dude, there were so
1: many. I had like 30 <laughs> tweets that I had to like winnow down. All right, here's a couple of good ones. Uh so he what <laughs> what so something he loves doing on Twitter? He likes to comment on news stories and he likes to quote retweet other people's tweets the the new this one's hilarious it says Rihanna admits a blunt makes her more happy than her boyfriend and then he just replies I could have told her that it's hilarious <laughs> this one's hilarious
0: oh this one's good as well you yeah. guys remember the face, the face app? app
1: yeah the one that makes uh, you look like the opposite sex so he ran it on himself and there's a pretty good looking female version of him and then he just writes I'd fuck me <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> said, this is amazing this guy's so good he, he there's a photo of him in a stadium and with a single other person he just wrote i love my sing he just wrote i love my fan singular and i got two more
0: for you guys one dude in the crowd
1: yeah so here's a second uh second to last best james Bond tweet this is very apropos during covid uh <laughs> it's from his it's from his song you're beautiful it's a lyric i saw your face in a crowded place and then he just says, that sounds dated. Now the lyric nails it, right? He just kind brings brevity to the world's ending. But here it is. Brevity people. to the world's yeah. ending. <laughs> we'll wait the to number song. one James Blunt tweet. You guys are going to shit yourself. So like I said, people on Twitter, for some reason, even to this day, randomly just tweet. Oh, James Blunt's overrated. Oh, James Blunt one song like what a like terrible career. So look at look at this look at this tweet from somebody they go, "Do you think James Blunt has run out of your beautiful money yet?" <laughs> and James <laughs> Blunt replies, "Ha ha ha, ha, ha no."
0: <laughs> That's like SPF level response like yeah. now fuck Unreal,
1: off. man. Well, dude, this guy uh this guy sold 11 million albums, so think about that for for the you Be- your That's beautiful That's wild. Month.
0: Wait, that's 11 million. This is 11 million.
1: So the reason why I brought up the tank story from earlier was uh, somebody quote retweeted his Spotify uh, tweet and they said uh, we should get James Blunt to talk to Putin about the Ukraine (laughs) (laughs) because 25 years ago he was a tank commander in Kosovo and like averted World War III. I'll be up the there ones. with
0: like Dennis Rodman going to uh, North Korea. To- yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> to make peace. But uh, right, mate, Thanks for sharing your little t- your screen share. Um, yeah, man, what a legend. I mean, I don't actually know that much about him apart from a couple bangers he had, but uh, he seems like a well, good lad. I'll
1: the- leave this last thought and I'll just ask you guys about it. So to add to how much of a legend he is, he lives in Ibiza.
0: <laughs> no.
1: And he has a villa in Ibiza, and he said in an interview that in the backyard of his villa is a nightclub, and that Sea Rock gave him 500 bottles of vodka, and he's still working through it and throwing parties. So this legend lives in Ibiza. So I'm asking you guys, I've never been. Have you guys been? And if not, I need stories. I know
0: Jack must have been. I haven't actually been, which is embarrassing, but- Jack, say more. Jack must have been. A dozen times, maybe dozen wait, times <laughs> bro, hold on was this for was this for work or for just pure pleasure?
2: no no no, no. this is when lash. i was like yeah just a, <laughs> yeah. a young a young Dude, how
1: young how tell us give us a story
2: probably starting at 17 going to 22 <laughs> something oh like that oh my goodness a couple times, times a year a like couple years. times a year yeah
1: wait are you so you so you would leave the car factory the hyundai car factory you take your Honda, months Honda. Earning, Honda. Yeah. okay hold on you need to start telling us about these Ibiza stories. We man. need some pictures. Julius, Jack, Julius I know stop Jack's listening. Some old, Julius, stop some listening.
2: Old- <laughs> 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 I got some pictures. I got some good pictures, yeah. Okay. And some so good stories.
1: Tell us. Give us a story.
2: Uh, I got one good one on the top of my head. So I had um, I was actually living in New York at the time, but I went to Ibiza to see the lads that I grew up with in uh, in the UK. And I accidentally booked a trip. My then girlfriend's uh, birthday, I was in Ibiza for the birthday and I didn't re- recognize that the, the dates overlapped. So I just booked the trip. Oh boy. And then oh boy. I found out afterwards, I was like, oh shit. Um, no, we'll go do something straight after, right? Like, uh, you know, I'll fly somewhere directly after. It was like a, a mate of mine. I don't know. So I went to Ibiza for a week from New York, obviously got in a really terrible state and uh terrible state and i had to i flew from uh ibiza to mexico to meet her oh my goodness and i'd because i was um we're doing this thing like uh back flipping into the pool uh, on like you know 50 times a day and i'd be and i got a really bad ear infection from it because i'd just been like in and out of the water a hundred times a day so i showed up in mexico just complete ruined like uh couldn't go in the sun so i'd already been like completely sunburned gotten it like had to go to like the er in mexico for like get you know medical treatment on my ear needless to say that's no longer you
0: know that didn't go too well in the <laughs> end you're not married to her it sounds like no no <laughs>
1: wait but jack could you walk through it? the logistics of ibiza so like i understand that it's a bit of a obviously european playground um yeah so how long is it from, uh, the UK to Ibiza when yes. you land there? Like what, is it a weekend getaway or you got to carve up more time?
2: So the, i know these stories too, but Ibiza is like majority of traffic going to Ibiza is like budget airline lads. You know, okay. so you'll go like the ratio of like men to women on an Ibiza flight from like Bristol airport is <laughs> 99 to 1. It's like the 5 like that.
0: a.m. flight where people are having pints in the yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, Stansted yeah. airport or whatever. Yeah. So the, all of these airports have
2: um, like weather spoons, which is like, uh, I don't even know how you describe it. It's an like a massive, <laughs> massive, yeah. Uh, I guess chain of pubs in the UK, like the cheapest beer you can get on a night. All the airports have them. So any any airport that's running flights to Ibiza, the Weatherspoons will be full at four or five in the morning, and people drink maybe five six pints of beer before they get on the plane, and they're obviously like, this is like a bus, a city bus with wings on it, right? It's not a very pleasant situation. The flight is just terrible. You get there, most people do like I don't know, you can do a week or so there, but you could also do a couple nights. Um, How long? If the you're flight? going hour maybe hour Oh, and a it's half only an tops. hour? Yeah, oh, my yeah, it's God. not long. Um there's I think there's tiers of experiences in Ibiza, but mine was always the lowest end when I was, you know, <laughs> going on my Honda money. Whereas like <laughs> your uh, there's a pub called Linakers. I don't know if it's still there. And it was uh most of the situations like fifteen euros all you can drink. So you would just show up at seven o'clock and do that and then you would, like have some you know go to some like degenerate nightclub until you know the early hour i actually have got a really funny story about that um we uh a couple of lads i went with on one of those trips we were taking like a a illegal taxi to a nightclub once you know like just blokes are like running taxis and not actually real taxis and we're on this uh we met these like Northern lads in the pub, and we're, we go with them, and they're all dressed up, and they've got wigs down. They're wearing a Y fronts, and they got wigs down the down the Y fronts for like the seventies, you know, the pubic theme. wig. And uh, we're, we're driving to this nightclub, and um, we get pulled over by the Spanish police. <laughs> and the driver that's driving the car is like, "Oh shit!" He looks back, and he's like, "Oh man, I hope I cleared out the I hope I cleared out the boot." And i just look on my mate, I was like, "Oh, sh- we're like we're in big trouble here." Uh, wait,
0: wait, wait! Did he have a dead body there? No, no. Nah, nah, it's okay. like
2: he's like moving weight of some description. He's like, "Oh, I hope oh I, know, I hope I hoovered God. it out good enough." Yeah. Um, But anyway, I've just got this image seared in my head of these lads getting the pubic wigs ripped out of their uh Y fronts by the police on the side of the road. <laughs> and I've, oh man, that's like such a sounds uh, like
0: good times. Yeah, it good times. Years. Did you stay in a hostel
1: like bunks everywhere? What, what kind of like was the combination like?
2: They're like they're like cheap hotels I stayed in. So it'd be like uh four of you in a room with two like two oh. beds. Um, yeah, that's like sometimes you book a room for four and you have like eight people in yeah. there with you know you get the sofa <laughs> and someone sleeping stuff. in the bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very so low stuff. What is the
1: clientele? So from you said 99% dudes. I'm just so interested. I love party. I love yeah. the old party life, man. So I got a couple of these trips myself, uh, not to where you just got all this. It does sound like going to basically Bangkok. Um, what about the other guests in Ibiza? Who are we talking about here? A lot of Russians, oh, like who,
2: who, like a lot of other countries are, are, are coming? Well, the, I think it's, yeah. Like people who like listen to electronic music. So if you watch, if you ever watch, like, uh, you know what Tomorrowland is, it's yeah. like a huge electronic music festival. like... Um,
1: it's in Belgium, uh, right?
2: Electric Daisy Carnival. Uh, so, a lot of Europeans absolutely love electronic music. So, you get like continental Europe, a lot of people from all over. Um, and then at the high end, I think you can actually go and have a pretty sophisticated time. And I'd be like, there's beautiful beaches and bays. And there's parts that are like incredibly expensive. Amazing like villas. Like $50 yeah, yeah. yeah. dollars a drink, sort of. What was it
1: called? Pasha? Pasha's the famous club.
2: Yeah, I remember. I went, uh, I think. It was 24 euros for a, you know, no a, 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 24 euros for a beer or something in Pasha the first time I went. And that was like, you know, probably an eighth of my budget for the week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. money was moving yeah, yeah, really yeah. quickly.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it's a good
2: time, thing. man. I don't know what it's like anymore, but there's like the part that we used to stay is called San Antonio. And that's like the, you know, that's like the, the area. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's like yeah, the, the in Southeast
1: They're Asia, right? The pretty grim
2: part, yeah, yeah, yeah. Khao
1: San Road in uh, Bangkok.
2: In Bangkok, And if you, if like, one uh, great thing about, like, watching Brits on holiday in Europe is, like, they all, um, they'll look for, like, an English breakfast. So they'll wake up in uh, on a Spanish island and they'll be like, well, we need to find a, you know, we need to find an Irish up. pub to yeah. go and get a fry up. <laughs> And it's just, I mean, this is like a huge meme of English culture in general, <laughs> like all oh, Spanish and like any every European holiday town has to cater ridiculously to the, Brit. to, the, to the, you know, yeah.
0: If the you think the very narrow palette of the Brit. Yeah, if you think Americans traveling is annoying to a lot of the world, you're right. But like, if you see English travelers going like wearing their like hack polo back in the day with the <laughs>
1: brits and aussies Fred those are Perry. brits and aussies that from my experience those are the two uh nationalities where you're like oh you roll you a bar and there's like a, if you roll a barn there's like a dozen aussie cats like yo I might just I might just go to the next door one, yeah, man. Yeah.
2: I think like Aussies are to like Southeast Asian islands, what <laughs> Brits are to <laughs> European islands. That That's is an grade, am, That is an incredible yeah. analogy. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'll, fucking, talking, I'll fucking glass you, mate.
1: A... <laughs> 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 I was in a club, somebody rolls up. Like, I'll fucking glass you, mate. I'm like, oh, go. Uh, uh, you know yeah. what? I'm not trying to get glass tonight.
0: Uh, I no, it happens. Yeah, all right boys talking of, uh Ibiza and the rave life the next topic we had is uh coachella uh, so a uh, nice little transition there yeah keep us on track we got coachella is dropping uh nft so they've announced they're going to be offering on-site perks and vip access to the event using nfts that's being built on uh with solana and they're partnering with ftx um so yeah pretty cool we just wanted to bring that up because i think it's like we've done whole episodes on the future of nfts you know where they're going to be in 10 years uh when are we going to move beyond like you know monkey pictures and stuff like that like the collectible speculation stuff that we also kind of enjoy and this is an example of like you know a massive brand um not just in terms of number of people but the type of people that go is like you know millions and millions of people know of coachella and uh also the people that are performing like this is going to be quite an interesting experiment i don't know when this is going to actually happen because i think they've been on pause for the last since covid i guess um so yeah that was uh, an interesting one jack you're the resident nft guy here any any thoughts on kind of what how this could go yeah i think the i didn't i haven't um read the
2: whole story yet i just like consume the thread where it was announced. And I, it said that there's going to be 10, like 10 for 10 year, like, like there's going to be like a, you know, a high end NFT that grants you access for 10 years. And then obviously that thing trades on a secondary market if you want to pass oh, that on. Hard. So I think what they're going to do is like really constrain supply and do like a stunty thing for a, like lifetime membership. Um, Angle on it. And then you can imagine how it like, especially on something like Solana where the transaction fees are so much lower, like they might start issuing tickets that way. And then, um, like I haven't been to Coachella, but I'm assuming there's like a lot of digital things you interact with, like at the bar in the different tents you go into, like go into the different arenas. And I imagine like all the, you'll have like digital memorabilia that starts to, there's like proof of attendance, badges. So say you saw, you know, act X in this arena or in this section, there'd probably be some like tokens to represent what you did on site as well. And then access tokens to, I think they have like different tiers of access, right? You could do be general admission or you have the, like, you stay in the TP with, and you have access to this area or that area. So I think that's from the sales, the sales side, it will be, Probably attract a load of attention. It'll be newsworthy, and maybe the like Solana, um, giga whales will get in there and just like blow those up to make a point. Uh, but I think something like Coachella is like big enough and has enough like cultural weight behind it to be like an interesting, uh, network effect for things to happen on top of it, like artists, maybe issue NFTs through that. And then they already have distribution. Um, I think FTX is, I don't know. I don't don't think it's launched. I haven't seen anything about it, but they're developing an NFT platform. Um, You know, based on everything else they've done in the software space. There's probably no reason to bet against them there. And they're like, in the same way that Coinbase is like an on-ramp and a trading platform, Yeah, Coinbase, sorry, is a on-ramp and a trading platform. Whereas OpenSea is like you have to transact somewhere else, and then you have to like move your money to a wallet and then mess about on OpenSea. So I think this is like you know a bit of a triple threat where you have the exchange, the NFT marketplace, then you have like this vision and the amount of money they're spending on partnerships at the brand level. Pretty interesting, like the arenas that they're sponsoring you can see this like rolling out into that too like ticketing for isn't is it Miami FTX arena? Am I getting that right? Um so I can see that like this being like a proof of concept for a lot of other um you're muted I think Tron.
1: Yeah Miami Heat Miami Heat.
2: Miami Heat. So yeah I think music sport um I'm trying to think of another category that would make sense. Those are probably two of the biggest Um, For events, right? Yeah, any like, yeah, exactly, events. Uh, And Solana makes a lot more sense because it's not 150 bucks to buy, just to transact to buy the ticket, (laughs) which is in a lot of cases would, you know, would make the, um, unless you're like, unless you can uh, tee it up as a collectible that also gets you access to X. Um,
0: I think it comes back to Jack. One of the things we've talked about, even in that, 2030 nft discussion like most people going to coachella i ever don't even know what nft is and i'm generalizing so like yeah yeah excuse me for being wrong if this is the case no i think you're right i, I mean they probably heard the term like they've but they don't really know or if anything a lot of them probably anti because they're yeah. like what is that thing like i know plenty of people who've gone who've literally told me like you know in the curve of innovation they're like very much like laggards or they're like late adopters and stuff or they're just like hey i don't really care about that i just want to go for the music what's this i don't i don't care about metamask wallet like they definitely people which is fine that's most of the world and i think what's interesting with solana again haven't seen how this is executed but having those three ftx coachella's got the brand on the music side they've got distribution of people coming FTX has got shitload of money, right? They just uh, got a $32 billion valuation, I think. Yeah, just raised
1: 400 just, mil at a 32 bill. Yeah. And uh, that's for FTX Global. For, I think FTX US is at $8 billion valuation yeah. now.
0: But they, they're they pumping money. You know, They've been doing all the celebrity stuff we've talked about before. And I think- Tom this Brady, is just, the GOAT. Exactly, the GOAT. And that this is an example of, in my eyes anyway, without digging too much into it, like a real use case- like with normal people, not just D on the internet like us, right? And I say that with love, but you know what I mean. And uh, and and actually, like like you said, like you you attended. I watched Kanye West, you know, in mm-hmm. two thousand and twenty two, and if that actually was attached to your wallet, whether that is just your own, you know, equivalent Solana wallet that they've integrated into their app, because I'm assuming that's probably how they'll do it. Um, or if it's actually attached to your name, if you've got advanced, like the way we've got our names.eth on an address, you can do that on Soul as well. All these kind of things start to become kind of possible, like the pieces we've kind of seen being built. And again, who knows, like this hasn't been built yet, but I think the idea of it, at least to me, that was why I was interested in talking about it was because it's the you know one of the first examples I've seen at that scale of a brand like Coachella and bringing mm-hmm. in those different partners together. And also on the Solana side, like speaking to, I spoke to the f- founder of Fangio, if you guys know Fangio, mm-hmm. his new company is, um, you know, he built like a five, you know, they sold it for like five hundred million million, one of the leaders in fantasy football. His new company is building stuff on Solana. And I asked him why, and he said, like, once you've worked with developers working on both platforms, he's like the consumer version of this, in his eyes is gonna be on Solana for sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Again, yeah, that was just his Was that for create Lab? lab Yeah, I interviewed him for create lab ages ago and then I've just Been reached chatting? his chat once in a while and I was asking what he's up to nowadays and that's kind of what he said. And uh, I think it was when he was maybe in, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but yeah, they were in Lisbon or something like that. There was like this I beat Solana coffee. They're Yeah, that? probably no. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, again, who knows, I think, taking away the price action of solana itself and whatever you think about that and the fact that vc is involved in centralization versus decentralization whatever like i'm talking about like for a regular person who's going to coachella for low transaction fees and a uh, good experience for the user maybe a lot of these might be built on solana especially if they're working with ftx but uh, you know, yeah
2: yeah i was just gonna say there's uh there's something interesting about it that you have to plan for on the negative side too like scalping in um like ticketmaster or whoever else is kind of like trying to trying to prevent scalping or like hoarding of tickets or like yeah. the, like i think the systems in place to buy tickets currently probably there's less likelihood that you know three entities could own like 50% of the supply so something really interesting about like if they do start to position this and like trade things on the secondary market, like what perverse incentives that creates, like could uh, like people coordinate to drive up the entry price of Coachella to, you know, three times what it was the last time it ran based on like the fact that these Still things on. trade on an open market. So it's interesting stuff there. And that's obviously like just going to really kill the adoption narrative as well. Like the fact that it's built on a currency, I think is for some people just like a mental hurdle too far, where it's like the value what the value of this thing is fluctuating and I need to buy a different currency to buy this thing. What? What's my what mortgage going broker going to think about this? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> it's the guy in the meme of the week. Um. Exactly. Like you're creating a taxable event to buy a fucking concert ticket is a little uh, over the top, right? Yeah, that's fair. So, so like as it, and yeah, I'm a huge, I'm like obviously involved in the space and messing around with it, but it's just so interesting thinking about these like primitive executions of it on the consumer side where you like, you may be introducing something for PR purposes
0: versus utility Don't um it's like the earnings call thing we talked about like just by putting metaverse, Web in three, there,
1: metaverse. you
0: increase the multiple by 2x but um yeah. but jack just to, to your point though my th- again i haven't seen how this is actually going to be made but there's no reason to say this wouldn't just be built with the equivalent of stable coins or us dollars right like because they're still using solana like the blockchain um I think for on the back end, but like we don't know what it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, I guess to, so. Yeah, it could be like, hey, you're bidding in dollars or USDC or of the sole yeah, version enough. of a fair enough. Yeah, know, that's a good, that's a That that's probably a good makes point. more sense, honestly, but um, that's a good point. And uh,
2: I think this is kind of a this is the interesting distinction. It's like, why put NFTs in the headline, then you know, like, yeah, the you know, we're. The because... same reason we're
0: putting Joe Rogan on his thumbnail, man. Right, right.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Rogan's coming in the thumbnail. Yeah. So yeah, is exactly. uh...
0: <laughs> And blunt, oh, obviously.
1: Well, I'll actually laugh. You guys will laugh because when we talk about ARC, uh, their price target for uh, Bitcoin's a million. So we're going to put that in the thumbnail <laughs> and the description. No, that's
0: the title. It's what? Bitcoin. What? Bitcoin's
1: yeah. going on.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> wait, hold on. So uh, I, my, my thought on the FTX thing, I just want to jump on what was saying is. But well, we've talked about FTX's strategy, right? It's like why are they buying the, the stadium naming rights? Like why are they sponsoring all these athletes? And Sam Bank and Freed again on the Invest Like the Best podcast told Patrick O'Shaughnessy, he's like Patrick O'Shaughnessy, like what are you doing? Like why are you spending all this money? He's like, so our core users right now are like, not like you, me. Jack Blau, right? He's like, it's like the super hardcore FTX. I mean, the crypto trader, a dude spending 10 hours a day, 10 screens, right? So like FTX is providing the best speed execution, uh, liquidity options for these individuals. But they're like, we, versus uh, Coinbase in the United States, which is obviously a super valuable market, just like almost no retail market share versus Coinbase relative to how big they are mm. as an exchange. So all these moves but after Sam bankman Free, he's basically saying, and Jack has alluded to this: is if you're making one decision a year as a retail investor, right? You're basically buying Bitcoin once because it's Thanksgiving. You're told about it, or or you just got some money from your parents you're to buy it once.
0: You watch the sailor. You need to know what's
1: top of mind, right? Like what's yeah? You watch the sailor. <laughs> you watch 25 hours on Michael Saylor. <laughs> You're just wondering what, what, what comes first to mind. What is the first thing that pops to mind to, make this, to do this trade, right? And actually, Jack, did you share that screenshot? It's like, I think SBF shared a screenshot of how unusable the onboarding flow was for FTX, for retail. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, really yeah,
0: tough. I saw that, yeah.
1: Yeah, so like- He was kind of calling like, out
0: his own company saying like, look, we, exactly, know we need to improve this, right?
1: So he just like, like this Coachella thing, more top of funnel, right? Uh, but I think the other side of uh, uh, what Jack kind of manages, if the first experience is shit, like that could be a bad thing. Like That's if that first mark. experience is shit, like if it's negative, everybody's hoarding these things and they skyrocket in the secondary markets. Again, we don't know the mechanics. It sounds like it's just a sliver of the full capacity of Coachella, but there's also an opportunity where you could totally guff. It's like, uh, People upset about Constitution Dow, right? Like Bilal doesn't care. He paid one fifteen <laughs> gas fees for an education. <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, dude, are you
1: still holding people?
0: No, I think I sold it when it went up. I actually think I was uh, like five or ten x up on my hundred dollars or whatever I put into it. So the people token took off. So. Let me nice. see what
1: people tokens are doing right now. But uh,
0: anyway, so um, but why you why you pulling that trunk Yeah, I, I think Jack, you brought up a great point there, and and Trung as well that. It, a lot of these consumer things you you almost really get like one time to make that impression like there's always in software you always have the like launch and iterate model whereas a physical product or like honestly podcast is a great example a lot of people listen to a podcast once and they're like oh it's for me or it's not mm-hmm. and it's like a quite a big like ask to be like hey, here's an hour podcast or go, and go all the way to Coachella for 2 days and if you don't have a good experience you're probably not going again and they've got really good at making sure people that go have have the best time so it will be interesting to see like how they actually use this like to create some benefit basically for the for the user for the people yeah. going yeah exactly and and like I, who said this like any great technology
2: is indistinguishable from magic like, mm-hmm. yeah, leading with the description of the technology and like all of the like, hey, this is why you should care about this is like, it just doesn't That's resonate with most people. It's going to fly around crypto Twitter and get talked to a podcast by idiots by us. like us, <laughs> yeah. you know. But like, most people just be like, where do I buy the ticket? Is it like, how do I show it at the gate? Oh, is it not an email anymore? Like, there are significant hurdles to overcome, and obviously in exchange for overcoming those hurdles, what's in it for me? And right now it's, oh, like potential 100X profits. I'm participating in a market and I'm like, you know, maybe there's some status signaling that goes with that, but something like a Coachella ticket, maybe you get an Instagram post out of it. You're not changing your profile picture to your but Coachella do you, do you not think ticket. like
0: a Logan Paul or like one of the, if there were only 10, like say there were actually only 10, that is not that much, right? So I, and it's NFT. Like, I feel like it could it could work. In that like you're basically saying here's a 10-year um, you know, membership to something that you already like and you're gonna get all that extra stuff, like the signaling, like all that part. Yeah. I don't know, who who knows? No, no, I- no. I agree with you that the yeah. I agree with you that the like the auction stunt in its
2: like ten ticket form is a is a great boost to eyes on the thing. But I also think like attaching the technical format to Coachella is like okay, then yeah, what? That,
0: yeah, completely. And that, you're right. Like m- no one cares that it's an NFT. They they care about like what what's in it for them essentially. So, but but, I think but that does NFT get gets, people to participate in the auction, right? The and fact to that talk it's, about it like yeah. We are. So maybe yeah, uh, clever, it's the, clever. It hey, yeah, listen, we we took the bait earned media baby yeah we we're go. talking
1: about it
2: um
0: all
1: right move along then. yeah that's i was gonna say much. let's uh do you the roundup
0: now uh so roundup. so let's just go back here um so what else have we got going on there's a few big stories we'll just quickly go through india apparently is reversing like basically what we're, we're banning you know cryptocurrencies for a while there's been talk about that and then uh there's been news that's just come out saying that instead of banning they're now going to make it taxable so if you make any gains on any crypto you're liable to pay 30 percent tax i think this hasn't come into effect yet i don't think it's going to come into effect or they're discussing it um so that is uh, i think overall a positive thing uh, versus them completely banning it and saying this is bad They've also talked about a digital rupee or a CBDC, which is, stands for Central Bank Digital Currency. We've seen other countries talk about it, China. Uh, a few, a bunch of countries have already exploring this. Um, so, yeah, curious, before we go into the other ones, anything else from you guys on that? Like, I don't know if you really cover, uh, were following this much.
1: I uh I would just add the whole Balaji. I mean Balaji obviously has been very involved. He's written he wrote that article I think this time last year about like why India shouldn't ban crypto, and I think he ended up talking with government officials, uh either in the treasury or the central bank. The dude's connected, and uh, I think this plays out to something that Balaji's talked about and we've talked about on the show: is his framing of the world. It's going to be woke capitalism, which is kind of the states as the as the center of that, and then you have uh what was it was it decentralized capitalism or cryptocapitalism crypto
2: capitalism crypto-capitalism and yeah. then uh BTC versus CCP
1: and then, then yeah right and then <laughs> yeah, well that and, and like versus, you've
0: been listening to uh, the yeah, versus versus
1: NYT right the New York Times is like the as mm-hmm. the as the woke capitalism uh where uh, people have to submit to the you know the the crowd uh the CCP is uh the authoritarian capitalism it's like they'll control everything within their closed system. And then the third way, and the, he always brings it up very smart framing in the context of how during in the 20th century, during the cold war, there's the United States and there was a Soviet union and you had to pick sides, but there was also a non-aligned movement, which was led by India where they're like, you know what? We're actually kind of neighbors here with Russia and we're pretty close to China, which is also communist country. And we're just going to choose to stay out of this whole thing or like pick and choose where we'll get involved. So, Crypto capitalism, India has the opportunity to kind of be, again, the, the driving force of this third uh, part of the puzzle because CCP uh, and the United States, they're not going anywhere. And if that's the battle 21st century, people that don't necessarily want to be involved can choose the internet, can choose crypto capitalism. India, this seems to be a move in that direction where they can take leadership. Yeah.
0: And I think uh, overall, it's not it's never going to be a bad thing if a billion people in India... Uh, you know this is like a positive <clears throat> step either way yeah biology's framing is communist capital versus world capital versus crypto capital yeah mm. as, as you mean. so um yeah i think overall positive thing but it's not this big bullish thing like oh they're embracing it so much that uh, they're like hey everyone go and buy bitcoin it's not like that with some people online word kind of framing. Bitcoin it
1: 100, Bitcoin 500,000.
0: Exactly, exactly. So uh, yeah, and then just a, a couple quick fire things as well that's happened. Uh, Meta, aka Facebook, um, apparently is pre- is uh, shutting down DM, uh, which previously was known as Libra. I don't know, this has just been reported. I don't know if this is actually true, uh, but that was something that was reported just today. Um, we also saw that last time we spoke about looks rare and there was... Um, confirmation that there was reportedly eight billion dollars worth of wash trading on the platform again doesn't take away from the fact that it's a viable alternative um and like doesn't It just spun mean up right like it just yeah, spun exactly up spun overnight
1: up. and just dropped it as a competitor. Exactly.
0: but with the when we actually talked about it there was speculation that there were these big transactions going from one wallet to another annual speculation that was wash trading again that doesn't mean the whole platform's terrible uh, but that's something to have on your radar and then the last thing visa reported that 2.5 billion dollars in payments were made with their crypto link cards in the first fiscal year quarter in 2022 so more than last year wild. already
1: already more than
2: last year
0: already more than last year exactly obviously so, a drop oh, in the wow. bucket
1: for them or a drop in the bucket but it's up into the right
2: so so Crypto transactions on there. What
0: are, what products are they using to make that happen? I think they're the I think they're the the cards that are related to crypto. So I don't know if that means like you know how uh like Coinbase or something. Coinbase or what's the that. other one? Blockfi. They have those cards. I'm not sure if it's related to that, but um they they're obviously powering a lot of these things because everyone needs to work with Visa. So actually quite an interesting point because mm. I know Chamath had talked quite like negatively about both mastercard and visa saying they're going to be the big losers in the next you know i think he was saying like in the next year yeah Uh, maybe longer obviously in a much longer term it kind of makes sense but in my opinion again i'm not a billionaire doing this for a living but my opinion is like those guys are still you know they are the existing infrastructure. So if and anything, are the rails. Built. exactly, they're rails for how everyone is already using stuff. So if anything, it feels like they're in a great position to not take that much risk and still gain from all of this to so get their crush- rake. Yeah, they exactly. just They just crushed
1: earnings, crushed it. Mm. Um, let me uh, let me pull up something for you. Well, th- let me let me opine quickly on uh, the the DM uh, Facebook thing. Um, that's just been cursed from the beginning, right? Like they launched with like 25 partners, like PayPal's involved. A couple of these banks are involved. And just from the beginning, the way they framed it was just so dumb. It's like, oh, we're going to build a competing currency versus the world's existing central bank led currencies. I mean, this is the difference between the Bitcoin approach and how Bitcoin came into being a trillion dollar asset, right? Versus Facebook the immaculate conception of Bitcoin where Satoshi, no one freaking knows. Right. And there's none of the, man, you're, there's no individual. It's like the whole Batman thing is like Batman is what matters. Right. Like it's the existence of him just complicates it. But like, you're going to let Zuck build a competing currency based on everything that he's already been blamed with in the world. Like, he's already been blamed with the destroying the world. What are the odds that this thing was going to work out? But they're scattering the team. The whole thing's been cursed from the beginning. It was called Libra, called DM now. And yeah, it's just, it's been a whole cluster, which is why they renamed to Meta and they're going to try to win from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this is coming because of pressure from like regulators in general, right? Like, the company as a whole is yeah. being hit left, right, center. And also, honestly, from the public sentiment side as well, like the lack of trust for big tech as a whole, and especially Facebook as a platform, has been, you know, obviously increasing. Um, I will say, without obviously saying any names, I have a friend who'd worked on this team, and I'd spoken, and I was like, hey, like, it seems kind of interesting, but what's the deal? Like, why would anyone use this? And I feel like a lot of the people I spoke to they were just so focused on oh well technically this is going to be so much quicker it's going to be cheap and blah 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 and I'm like I get that but like you but from a use case point of view the reason Bitcoin and the whole kind of like Web three stuff has popped off so much is because there's this underlying differentiator there's not a middleman there's not a centralized entity right. and uh, so yeah and I guess like to me there's either going to be those government-run digital currencies—it's probably going to be both. There's going to be the central bank digital currencies, and people still trust, you know, um, the U.S. government, the U.K. government, or whatever, and they're happy to use their pounds. In a, in a digital wallet because they're already using phones or whatever anyway, and then I think there's this growing side which is hey there's an alternative. This is the internet's version of money. This is the internet's economy basically. But for a big tech company to do it like that seems way off. But yeah, who knows? Hundred percent.
1: Well, that's I mean, that's interesting that uh, to hear. That's good to hear your friend's perspective.
0: Yeah. Um, um, so to wrap it up, Trung, I know. Uh, We were going to talk a little bit about ARK's Big Ideas 2022. Let's just do
1: one. Let's just do Bitcoin. All right. All right. So so we'll do Bitcoin. Hold on a second. Let me me zoom in on on my face. Am I zooming in? Wait,
0: wait, (laughs) you way zoomed in. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm zooming in, people, because I'm about to tell you
0: a price target for Bitcoin. Bilal, tee it up wait okay so first of all do we need to know what the the arc big ideas is a yeah do you want to say know. what what arc big so, idea is yeah so arc we we know kathy wood have um they've every year they basically come out with these big ideas for the year it's like a 90 page report or something like that i didn't actually read it this year yet. Yeah? i was waiting for the trunk summary because he normally does threads coming, coming yeah yeah and um <clears throat> so yeah they basically break down all the emerging trends you know, AI, cryptocurrency, space, space, et cetera, et cetera. So that is kind of it. Trang's going to share one one of the highlights from uh, his point of view. I'll
1: only do Bitcoin, but first I'll I'll talk about, it's just pure content marketing, right? And it's so smart. They, uh, margins, you guys ever read margins? Uh, Read margins, Uh, that's uh, Raj and Khan. Really Mm -hmm. smart article they did was uh, about her, not speaking about her, but about her strategy. So she updates her ETF every single day. Right. So you can see what she's bought and sold. And so, you know, what ends up happening. We talk about earned media, CNBC just picks it up every single day. Oh, Kathy Wood added 1% of her holdings to Tesla. So every single day she's publishing this, she's perfected content marketing. Right. And it just builds his mindshare because CNBC just keeps taking the bait. They keep publishing the changing in her holdings. And, uh, and, and Raj, uh, uh, Rajan Rajon, sorry, not Raj. Rajon was just commenting how smart of a strategy it was. And, but the reason I bring that up is like this whole uh, big idea is PDF. Same idea. It's like I read this one and I read last year's. Pretty much the same document. It's, some things are updated, but it becomes this whole big drop. They're yeah. holding a, uh, they held like a conference around it. And now people like you and me, it's just like the whole Coachella thing. We're, we're eating it, man. We're taking the bait. And we're discussing it, but it's because she just throws us such ridiculous numbers. And, and not to say that the research isn't good. I mean, they've had some very talented people on the team and some of the reaches is very good, but like numbers I'm putting out here, people, like if you're not watching this YouTube, first of all, you should because I'm zooming in on my face right now, but how serious this is about to get. So this has been hyper zoomed on my face. Cause I'm about to tell you the price target that Kathy Wood has put on Bitcoin, not, investment advice. (laughs) All right, let me tease you guys with her rationale here. Okay, so today Bitcoin is a trillion dollar-ish asset. As a a comparison with other asset classes, gold is 10 trillion, equities are a hundred trillion, global real estate is 220 trillion. Global real estate, as Jack Butcher will tell you, is the store of value. So Bitcoin can go after all these different opportunities. And here we go, people. Here is Arc's price target for Bitcoin. One million dollars by 2030. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta zoom out here, man. You see my face? Let's talk, let's talk about so what
0: this go is ahead. wild. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna actually say on the content market, and I will say for like depending on the industry, like finance and investing people love a massive pdf to go through and feel yeah. like they're taking in this stuff right totally. like geeks like us but like yeah and, and actually like in nonprofit world this would happen a lot but i remember i forgot the exact number but i'll make one up and you know all vibes no facts right now it was uh something like 99 percent of those pdfs that like all those research bodies put out like they literally have zero 100. downloads ever yeah And it is a crazy like proportion and they spend months and months and months commissioning it. They don't make it interesting or fun, but I feel like ARK actually does a pretty good job. I mean, here all jokes
1: aside, let's talk through it. Uh, We've discussed this before. We'll talk through the eight pieces of her 1 million Bitcoin valuation. So she says they'll capture 50% of global remittances. That's a $300 billion market right there. That's worth 14,000 per Bitcoin. Uh, emerging market currencies, economic settlement, and nation state treasuries. Those are all sound reasonable. Capture some portion of all those. That gets you to 10 trillion. Here we go. Seizure resistant assets. So rich people that don't want their money taken, she says that's a $4 trillion industry. And this is where it gets interesting people. These ones we've all talked about and it's all within the realm of possibility. If institutional investors put 2.5% of their assets into bitcoin, that's 4 trillion dollars right there of value. That's worth 200,000 a bitcoin or in bitcoin value. The last two parts are corporate treasury. So 5% of all the S&P 500's corporate cash or marketable securities goes into bitcoin, another 4 trillion. And the big daddy, which we are all betting bitcoin on, is if it captures 50% of the gold market, that's 5 trillion. So add up all eight of those things. A remittances, emerging market currency, economic settlement, nation-state treasury, seizure-resistant assets, institutional investors, corporate treasuries, and digital gold—you have yourself a thirty, a twenty-nine trillion-dollar asset. One point four trillion dollars, one uh, point four million dollars per coin. There, that's what.
0: That's seems reasonable,
1: right? It I mean, I think when
0: you build it out like that, you can see, oh, okay, I can see that. The only thing I would say is that to get to 50% of digital gold, there's an overlap between people's, you know, like, for yeah. example, treasuries, like whatever it was, or institutional investment, corporate treasuries. That's right. Corporate treasury might normally put like X percent into gold. And, like, and in this case, if we got to 50%, I'm sure that would also account for some of those. Again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I assume there's some overlap here. Either way, it is way higher than today, so yeah. I feel like we uh, need to get Trung's uh, button out again. To say well, the same.
1: Well, Jack, are you? <laughs> Jack, are you buying more Bitcoin after this uh, price target I gave you?
2: I'm already buying it, mate. Doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> but I was just going to say that's the- on the slide before. Question I would have is like, how? Much is a money supply going to grow in the next ten years because that also plays a part in That's in this too point. right like what was what was the value of these assets ten years ago and then just like multiply that by madness, the internet, all of madness. the other stuff that we're madness. doing like also- some of this is just like entropy and like it just acc- accrues dollar value by a function of the the dollar um, getting larger.
0: Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and I was gonna say that, right? Like the million dollars f- for a Bitcoin sounds crazy right now, but like what a million dollars is in ten years is not what it is today. Is right, exactly yeah. right? right, exactly, right. Like oh, that's, we were a, kids, great that's a great point. On an exponential point. curve. It completely, exactly. And yeah. I, I was thinking about this the other day because when we were kids, like if you said the word millionaire right like you'd be like oh my god a millionaire like that's crazy yeah and, imagine you know, how many
2: freddos like- i can buy with that below.
0: exactly exactly and then growing up in the uk to round out the the whole conversation as well there was a famous show called only falls and horses trunk have you ever heard of this, Never or heard of this. Oh, my oh my god, god. We'll love it's this. the best it's an incredible show and the the whole premise of the show are these two kind of cockney geezers and they're like tradesmen in a market basically and they're like every year it's like this time next year we're going to be millionaires and it's just this phrase that's like ingrained in you and now a millionaire is not that crazy because it wasn't what it was back in the day which is a
1: well. hold on a second what does cockney mean because james bunn has that in his bio cockney it's- rhyming slang for the good stuff
0: cockney is like i don't even know how to, de- to define it but it's like a type of english or l- london accent is the kind of i think or like a type of person so it's normally like kind of like a working class a uh, person from like often East London is the way I grew up with it. and they Maybe talk- like Yankee is a good parallel. Yeah, like the typical Yankee. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Yankee. Okay, that makes sense. But specifically, with Cotney rhyming slang, what he talked about. Have you heard of that before, Trunk? I feel like you're going to love this as a writer. And a- I'm literally looking at James Bunk. What is Cotney rhyming Cotney slang? Cotney rhyming slang is the most incredible language, which is basically like you'll say apples and pears for stairs. And you'll, and you'll say like, get on hip hop. I can't. Yeah. No, it's like you, it's a whole different language. And it was used to kind of like talk amongst other people and they didn't understand. It was kind of like a secret language. I'm Googling it. Can we do a
1: Cockney slang episode?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, that's definitely a good segment.
1: Let's do that. And also let's do some stretch goals. Last week we said we're going to get Taylor Sheridan on the show. (laughs) No progress yet, but I'm working on it. We're working on it. Listeners.
0: We're all working on it. James Blunt. We're getting James Blunt on this show. There we go. I feel like you could DM him, and it's done. Yo, let's do it, man, James. Trung the Trung the master. James Blunt, we chatting, bro? All right, boys. Should we call it? That was a great, great. Yeah, that chat. was awesome, man. That was perfect. Um, if any, the only thing I would say, if anyone's interested in Cotney Rhyming Slang, just Google Leighton Stone ATM Cotney Rhyming Slang, and there's the most incredible ATM cash point in Leighton Stone where I was born in east london and it literally has like you know where you can change english to spanish or whatever there's a button to do Cockney rhyming slang Love and, it. It, and it has like all the different words for like 20 pound note 50 pound <laughs> note all that sort of stuff is pretty incredible all right in the in the as always thanks for being here listening Uh, make sure you're subscribed on all the platforms on apple Podcasts, on spotify on youtube let us know what you thought of this episode in the comments below start hitting
1: the likes and the liking smash the like
0: button exactly yeah and uh, we will see you on the next one
1: peace out